Hey y'all, welcome back. My name is Angela. I am a single mom by choice and you are listening to Single Seeking Sperm. All right, everybody. So I learned from my mistakes last week and I bought myself a little pop filter. So hopefully my peas won't pop so bad. <laughs> um, I also got a nice little like boom stand mic thing. So I'm feeling very professional, cramped up in my little room. Um, I actually have a pretty big master bedroom, but one, there's no... Um, carpet so I have to edit this down to not sound so echoey and two I just have a lot of stuff to put in here because there's like no storage <laughs> space anyway not that you care um so yeah learn from it I'm hoping that it sounds better this time around because this is probably all I mean I am not to the point of being a professional podcaster where I um, like edit my podcast. <laughs> Basically, it just goes all in one go, and already people have hit me up like, "Oh, let me help edit your podcast for this amount of money," and I'm like, uh, "I'm not making any money off my podcast right now, so why would I pay money?" Okay, so anyway, also the difference with this podcast this week is. Uh, I am not going to be reading from a, like, I usually write it down or at least write bullet points and then kind of guide myself, but this episode is going to be about Kai and about my birth experience and my NICU journey. Um, again, things will come up throughout podcasts that, you know, in the future, episodes in the future that I'll um, talk about, but this is going to be specifically about what happened in the NICU and why Kai was in the NICU and leading up to it. And I will tell you, like, a huge publication, like a big book that I actually had bought and read some of while I was in the NICU um, with Kai, reached out to me and wanted me to um, tell them my story. And I did, but then I just could not sign off on it. I am very aware of my PTSD when it comes to the NICU journey. So that's why writing it all out and then reading it like gave me too much, too much anxiety to even do that for this episode. So I'm just going to wing it and talk about it because I feel like if I just talk about it, like I talk about it with other people, um, maybe it will, it will go better. <laughs> than me breaking down in literal tears while I was writing it. Uh, so, okay. Um, right, I did, I got pregnant, right? Did my transfer. Everything was progressing. I actually had um, really high HCG levels, like the pregnancy hormone. And so they were kind of thinking I would have hypergravity basically be really really sick um, where you're throwing up all the time like the morning sickness basically you know last all throughout the whole pregnancy it's called hg um but i don't like i was sick but i think it was for different reasons um i was hospitalized several times while i was pregnant 
the first time was because my bowels were getting super messed up. Um, I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't eat it like, and I just thought it was, you know, morning sickness, but I went in and my bowels were like spasming every time I ate. My gallbladder was fine. So they tried that, but there's like so there's very limited things they can do when you're pregnant, just and especially in that first trimester. Um, so they basically just put me in the hospital for eight days and managed my pain with as much as they could. But like I couldn't take a lot of opiates for very long for obvious reasons. And, you know, like you don't want the baby to like get addicted <laughs> or whatever. Um, so once they kind of like nobody could really figure out what was going on it was like you know ob was saying the gastro um doctor needed to do something gastro was saying the ob needed to do i was so frustrated i was like just send me home so they put me on a bunch of weird medications um and then they sent me home my friends are awesome and um one of my friends lisa let me go crash on her house for a few weeks, um, go crash at her house in her guest bedroom for a few weeks because I was hurting. Like, it was not fun at all. So, um, but yeah, another time I was in the hospital, I felt like my water broke, um, like there was just leaking coming out. Um, I went to the hospital. They kept me overnight and they they admitted me. And But like, it end, ended up... It was not amniotic fluid, but when they checked, they were like, hmm, this is weird because it's it's not testing as amniotic fluid, but you don't have much amniotic fluid in there. So that was kind of like my first like uh-oh sign. Oh, and by the way, and this is what we're gonna this is what's gonna happen since I'm not writing it all down. I might be a little bit all over the place, but just bear with me. <laughs> I'll get to the point, I promise. Well, I don't promise, but okay. Um my NIPT test, came, like when it came back, there was like an abnormality um, and it pointed to spina bifida. But when the MFM, like the high risk doctor went and looked, they were like, okay, there's no spina bifida. But just so you know, sometimes I remember they just said this in passing, like the doctor, he, he was like, he just said this in passing. He said, Sometimes, you know, it means nothing. Sometimes, you know, maybe it could mean there's something wrong with the placenta. But we'll never, you know, we won't know till we know. And I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> so at that point, after all the hospitalizations and whatnot, I started going to the OB or the uh, high-risk doctor every two weeks. So I wasn't even really going to my OB anymore. I was just going to that high-risk doctor. Um, I also got diagnosed with cholestasis, which that is one that everybody needs to know about. And it definitely goes um, unnoticed sometimes because it's such a weird, there's such weird symptoms. Like you start itching, like your palms will itch or your the bottoms of your feet will itch or just your whole body will itch. And I was having that problem. It got really, really bad when I was admitted to the hospital for the final time um, right before Kai was born. And I was itching so bad, like when the nurse went to change the bedding in my bed, there was like blood everywhere. And I, I didn't even know. I didn't notice, but I had been itching my legs in like while I was sleeping and just too bleeding. Like I still have scars on my legs from that. Um, so that was a lot. Um, but 
you know, leading up to it, yeah, pregnancy sucked. Like my body just did not like to be pregnant. And that's, that just, it is what it is. You know, some people have a beautiful, awesome, amazing pregnancy journey. And then there's people like me that are like, please, for the love of God, make this end. <laughs> um, but I would never have wished it to end as soon as it did. Um, uh, yeah. So I went to the, I, at 20 weeks, I started going to the, um, MFM like every two weeks, right? So I went at 20 weeks, I went at 22 weeks, I went at 24 weeks and all of those 20, 22, 24, Kai was measuring in like the 90th percentile at the 24 week, um, like 2022 90th percentile at the 24 week appointment, he was measuring in the 50th percentile. They still were like, it's all good. It kind of, it goes up and down throughout a pregnancy. You know, this is completely normal. He's still within a healthy weight, you know, it's fine. So I was like, okay. So in that time I started moving into a new apartment, right? I was like, I had signed and I wanted to get in. I was due in August. So it was May and I wanted to move and get all settled and then have the baby in August, right? I, I'd have the summer just to settle in. So I thought, <laughs> um, so at 26 weeks, I literally had just signed the, um, it was move in day, like at 26 weeks, which was May 20, yeah, no, 21st, May 21st is when I went in for my 26 week appointment at exactly 26 weeks. Um, I went in, I was like, oh crap. Like I was at my apartment, my new apartment smelled like weed, nothing against weed. I wish I could smoke weed. I can't. I'm allergic to it. Like literally the plant. Anyway, um, so I was like burning candles to like get the weed smell out of there and just kind of, you know, bringing some stuff in from my car. Like I loaded my car, nothing heavy or crazy. Just, you know, I, I had people that were going to help me and stuff um, for the other stuff. But I was just, it was like my first day in the apartment, you know, like I'd just gotten the keys that day. Um, but I was like, oh, shoot, I got to go to this appointment. Like, cool. I mean, the cool thing was, is I did get to see the baby, you know, every two weeks, you know, and I was like, okay, bet. So um, I go in and for my 26 week appointment, May 21st. And I remember the lady that was doing the scan was like trying real hard not to make a face. <laughs> and I'm good at this, okay? Like, I'm good at kind of reading people, especially when it comes to scans like that. The last time I saw somebody make that kind of face um, was when I was 16 years old and I was having an echocardiogram and um, I ended up having open heart surgery two weeks later, right? Okay, so I, like, sometimes they just don't know how to, like, control their face, you know? Um, so I was like, oh, okay. All right. She's like, oh, OK, OK, I, I'm going to go get the doctor now. And I mean, which was totally normal. Like she would usually do the scan and then go get the doctor. But he came in really quickly. Like it was usually I'd have to sit there and wait for a while. But he came in almost immediately um, and just was like went right. He's like, how are you feeling? And I was like, good. I, you know, I'm good. I'm moving into my new place. And he's like, um, have you felt the baby kicking and stuff? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like. <laughs> And then I started getting nervous because like you asking that and now I'm thinking like, 
did I feel the baby kicking? What the fuck? Oh my God. Like, you know, you start reeling, you know? And so he starts looking and looking and he's like, so unfortunately, and I was like, my heart dropped. Like, I really thought they were going to say he was gone. Like it was very nerve wracking because I, which is so weird because I saw his heart beating, but like, that is just when you are de- when you've dealt with loss before you just think like maybe I just didn't see the heart beating and he's gone but he's like um he said unfortunately it seems like your your baby has stopped growing um he's still alive he's still doing okay he's just very very small there's been no like little to no growth in the last two weeks since the 24 week appointment um so essentially, he kind of stopped growing even before the 24-week appointment because he had dropped to the 50th percentile. So now it was 26 weeks and he was no bigger. And they said, and there's very, very little amniotic fluid in here. So he said, you are having um, like the diastolic flow, which is the flow from in the umbilical cord from the baby to the placenta. So baby to placenta. So how it works is blood, nutrients, goes baby, placenta, placenta, baby, right? Like that's how it goes. And um, from the baby to the placenta, it was very obscured. Like it wasn't going as much. Like it was still going, but it was, it was like reversing like maybe once every few minutes or so and they didn't like that so that's what was like there was like there was a blockage um somewhere and it was preventing that nutrients from getting there so they were he's like um we're gonna need to admit you and most likely you'll be here till you have this baby and I was like I have candles burning (laughs) at my house and maybe it's just because I was like in shock but I was like can I go home and get some stuff and then come back? And he's like, um, no, (laughs) you can't because no, like this is very serious, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, I just need to make some calls and stuff. And he's like, okay, well, we are going to, so where my, my MFM like doctor's office was, was literally on the first floor of the hospital that I was scheduled to give birth at. So they just put me in a um, wheelchair and wheeled me up there. So <laughs> they took me right to a room and admitted me. And um, the first call that I made was to the apartment complex. And I asked them to go into the apartment and blow the candles out. And they were like, what? I said, "Um, I'm like in the hospital. I just got admitted and I can't leave. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. OK. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> but I then got off the phone with them and just burst into tears. Like it was very weird. I like kept it together. And then I got off the phone, burst into tears. And then I called my dad and then I called my sister. And cause my sister was going to be the person that came to be with me at the hospital from Oregon. Right. But she was not planning on doing this <laughs> anytime soon. So we had to figure that out. And, um, we did, she got there, um, within, like one or two days. And um, so I was put in the hospital. I was now um, 26 weeks. And as soon as I got up there, they gave me a steroid shot. 
Um, they said it would be a series of two shots, um, 24 hours apart. And they were doing that for the baby's lungs and just in case the baby had to come. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, it was like after that shot, I literally, I did not sleep for three days, like three nights, four days, kind of. Um, and it was really weird for me because I was not tired and it had to do with it. So I was asking the doctor about it. I was like, I've not slept like at all. And I'm not tired. I don't feel we I don't feel like how I usually feel, but I have not gone to sleep in three days. And he's like, oh, okay. So then they gave me like on the third day, they gave me an Ambien. I've never had an Ambien before. And I was a little scared to do it, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to sleep, right? That this will knock me out. Um, it in fact did not knock me out. I was awake and still awake and was like calling the nurse like, shouldn't I be sleeping? <laughs> this does not feel like it helped at all. You know, I don't feel tired or anything. And she's like, oh my gosh. So I said, let I said, in my experience, <laughs> you know, what I react really well to is Benadryl via the IV, like not Benadryl that I take through orally, but Benadryl through the IV. And she's like, oh, that I can, well, we can do that. Like you, we can just get that assigned to where as needed or whatever. And so they're like, that's safe for the baby. Like, that's cool. That's, that's preferred, you know? <laughs> so I said, okay. So she got the doctor to write the script and they gave it to me and I slept for like 18 hours. <laughs> it's like, I finally went to sleep. They just kept giving it to me, <laughs> like almost a sedative, you know, just because I needed to sleep and it was helping everything, you know? And so I was there and once I got that sleep and I woke back up, um, now I was like 26 weeks and five days or so. And I started to kind of be a nervous wreck, which is so funny. Like I was fine when I was sleep deprived. And then once I got sleep, I was not okay. <laughs> um, but I did talk to my, um, my OB, Dr. Michael Dawson, and I'll say it because now he's retired and I love him dearly, dearly. Um, he was my OB all through my pregnancy and even before that when I had all my losses and he likes was by my side. That man is amazing. And I he actually wasn't going to be the one that would deliver my uh, my baby because he was retiring July 1st of 2021 and I was due August of 2021. And so when this started happening, he was like, you're just trying to get me to deliver your baby, huh? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, you know, you are the star in the dark sky, okay? Like, <laughs> um, but he let like, so I saw him on Wednesday and he was like, I am not, no, 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 Thursday. I saw him on Thursday and he said, I am not back until Monday and I'm moving. I We hired movers, him and his husband I had just bought this amazing house. They, I knew because he would always round on me last and then come, he would just sit down like in my room and um, talk with me and we talk about life and not just my doctor stuff, but he was just very, very cool. And so I knew he had all that going on. He goes, so I need you to wait until at least Monday, you know, when I get back. I said, okay, okay, I'll do that. He goes, stay in there, little guy, you know, <laughs> I was like, all right, we're going to do everything to keep him in there. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, the next I was going to, I was having the baby like 
monitor. I was having Kai monitored. I had finally picked a name. I hadn't picked a name till I got into the hospital and it was like, like Wednesday and he was born Friday that I finally picked a name. So, um, they were monitoring Kai and me and they were do, I was having an ultrasound every single day and they were just waiting until that flow, the diastolic flow, the blood flow started reversing. And that is when the baby would have to come out. So I started to know what to look for because I had nothing but time and Google, you know, (laughs) so I knew what to look for. So on Friday we went in, I saw it and I looked at the doctor and the doctor looked at me and it was a doctor I had never seen before. Um, and he was like, it's time. <laughs> I was like, crap. Okay. He's like, it's going to be okay. You did good. You kept him in there as long as you could. You know, I was 27 weeks and one day at that point and it was time to go. So they wheeled me back up to the room. They said I had to wait like seven hours because um, they were going to monitor his heart rate at all times. But if they could push it till about seven hours because I'd eaten um, and for anesthesia and stuff because I was going into a C-section because he was so small and I was not in labor. So they're like, we don't want to put you in labor and put him through that if we can just do the C-section. I was like, anything, whatever. You know, I never had like a birth plan. It was like safest, healthiest. Um, I want to have my baby live and I want to live. That was my birth plan. <laughs> um, so when my OB came in, like the on-call OB, she was the newest one to that practice. Uh, you know, uh, it just worked out that way. I had never seen her before. And she's like, I'm so sorry this is happening this way. And I was like, it's all right. You know, I said, can you just call Michael Dawson and just tell him, you know, like, just let him know what's going on. And, you know, I just want him to know. I would just feel better if he did. And she's like, oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. So it was Friday night and it was about seven o'clock that I went in, um, like that I got wheeled down for the operation and for the C-section. And they gave me the epidural. They had to do it twice because I was like, definitely not. I was not numb. I was like, yo, I can still feel stuff. (laughs) Um, And I remember while I was being wheeled down, I was calling my insurance company to like get my um, pump, my breast pump ordered because like I hadn't had a baby shower, y'all. Like I was not even into the third trimester. (laughs) Like it was crazy. And they had given me a lot of facts and, and fact sheets and, you know, about the prognosis of what would happen if I gave birth right now. And it was very, very, very scary. You know, they said every day in is a win. And I had no more days in and it was time to come out and I get put on the operating table and I am trying to just laugh it off. Now, mind you, I was pretty high. Like the... (laughs) The anesthesiologist was amazing, right? He was giving me all the drugs I could ever want, you know, and he's like, if you feel nauseous, I got you. If you feel pain, I got you. If you feel anxious, I got you, (laughs) you know, so it was very cool. But so I'm laying there waiting for my sister to get gowned up so she can come in. And before my sister gets in, I am laying there looking up. My arms are out like a cross, you know, like you're being put onto a cross. And um, I just hear hey Angela and it is Dr. Dawson and 
I was fine <laughs> until then. <laughs> and he comes in and I just start crying. It's like emotional to think about right now because it meant so much for him to be there. Like he knew me. He knew the situation. He told me I was having a boy. Like he has just always been the one to advocate for me and listen to me and get my cholestasis diagnosis, help me through a miscarriage where I had to have methotrexate and be hospitalized because my liver levels were crazy, like even losses he helped me through. And so to hear him and see him during the most like traumatic moment of my life was amazing. And he came over and he just grabbed my face and he whispered into my ear and he said, this is going to be the hardest few months of your life, but the most rewarding. You know, this baby is all yours and you will love him deeply. And I was just sobbing. <laughs> I was sobbing and I was like, you're supposed to be moving. And he's like, he's like, I couldn't miss this. And I was like, did you come in here just for me? And he goes, yes. He goes, I'm going to leave right after this. <laughs> and I mean, so then he's like, I just want to let you know I'm here. I got to go finish scrubbing in. And I was like, okay. And all the nurses were like, oh my gosh, I can't like, what did they call him? McDreamy? They said, that's McDreamy. That's Dr. McDreamy. And he came in here just for you. And I was like, I love him. <laughs> like, they're like, he does not do that. That's the first time I've ever seen him do that. So that was amazing for me. And, you know, in a moment of just, just a lot of emotions going on, that was great, you know? So like fast forward they pull Kai out he is not crying I I hear like itty bitty whimpers like you know like the tiniest whimpers and they intubate him like immediately um they bring him over and they show him to me and he is just the tiniest itty bittiest little thing and I don't I don't even know it I'm like okay all right well you know take him <laughs> and then they left and I looked at my sister I said go go with them like and she's like okay and so she got up and left and went and followed him and took pictures and everything and then met me in recovery and gave me a little um like a little fact like a little thing you know how much he weighed and how long he was and um when I read that he was one pound six ounces I that is when the fear set in like that's when the fear really came. So, um, you know what? I think what I'm going to do is make a part two for this because I don't want to make this too long and I'm rambling apparently. So because I, I see that I'm already at 26 minutes. <laughs> so I will be making a part two. Um, but Kai was born. He was um, considerably healthy, you know, considering or whatever you know he was healthy considering what was going on he was one pound six ounces he was 12 and a half inches long and he was intubated and I could not see him for 24 hours at least and so yeah that thus began the NICU journey and a lot a lot a lot of emotions and um fear and craziness and reward at the same time so yeah that is where we'll stop and i will continue this next week Hello.
I, I know I hate it when people do that, but I promise I will. And I think this is good for me because I'll be able to like process this and really dive in and not have to um, feel like I have to cut stuff short, you know? So yeah. All right. You guys are amazing. Thanks for listening. And this is a single seeking sperm. Mm-hmm.